Hey there, Jonathan Bailey Strong here, host of this podcast and founder of Spotlight Podcasting, the agency that does all the production behind the scenes for the show. Now, I wanted to let you know before we start that we are actively seeking guests for this podcast. So if you are or you know of an established consultant that's doing over six figures in business annually, please send them our way. All they have to do is head on over to leadersofconsulting.com forward slash guest. So welcome back to Leaders of Consulting. Today I'm here with Greg Kilstrom. Greg is a best-selling author, speaker, and currently an advisor and consultant to top companies on customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation initiatives as the principal and chief strategist at GK5A. He also happens to be the host of a podcast called The Agile Brand and is also the author of eight books, including, let me, let me just double check that, Greg. Is it eight? eight books? Yeah, it's it's eight. Yeah. Okay. I had to, I had to double check that one. <laughs> <laughs> Including uh, his most recent, which is Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience. So Greg, welcome to the show. And I'm sure we'll have plenty to dig into. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, so Greg, why don't you lead off with one unique approach tip or strategy that you think that other consultants should really know about and they probably don't? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I learned this from someone else, so it may not be the most original thing, but I think a key thing to me is how I start my day. And I'm very intentional about not checking email and not working before I do a certain set of things because it just, otherwise I get kind of sucked into the wrong things and prioritize the wrong thing. So, you know, for me, it's, I wake up, I wake up fairly early, go for a walk, I usually listen to an audiobook or something like that, just kind of get myself out of the immediate and um, and stuff like that. And then after a certain period of time, then I'll go and get to work and and everything like that. But I think I find that that helps me kind of get perspective on the day. And I think that's so important. Otherwise, again, you just kind of get sucked into whatever, whoever's kind of screaming the loudest. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious that you have that morning routine. Uh, do you also have like a, an evening routine that you run through as well, like to set your, yourself up for the next day? I probably should. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> idea. I don't, yeah, the, the day just kind of devolves into whatever, you know, whoever is screaming loudest probably, but no, that's a good, I've thought about it, you know, and I, I do think it, it might, um, it might help things to, to have that, but as of now, I don't. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, so how about a resource that, has made a, you know, a big impact on you that could be professionally or, or, or personally, anything that comes. Yeah, to sure. So I listen to audiobooks primarily. I read some books, but I read a lot of books. And I think the idea for me is I found some incredibly helpful and, and things like that. But I, for me, it's more about the diversity of ideas, subject matter, just approaches and, and all that. So in other words, I don't, I've worked in the marketing space and the customer experience space and, and several specific practice areas, but I don't just listen to marketing books or branding books or, or leadership books. I'll listen to books on economics or psychology or, or whatever, you know, just things that are constantly kind of pushing me. Some of them, like I listened to some books on statistics and like some of it just went, you know, over my head, but there was something valuable to be gained over that. So for me, the it's about, I will always want to constantly be pushing myself to learn stuff, even if it's a bit of a reach. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of about, 
um, diversity and volume of, of just information I'm, I'm kind of put, putting inside my head on a, on a weekly or, or annual basis. Fair enough. And, and I'm curious, like where, so where, how do you manage to get like a diversity of, I'm curious where the recommend, is it recommendations from other people or what sources do you use to get a diverse pool of different books? Well, I, you know, I talk with quite a few people, so I have my own podcast as well. And so, you know, I talk with a fair amount of people. I will ask, uh, I will ask a lot of them, you know, a similar question of like, Hey, you know, what, what, what inspired you and, and things I meet a lot of authors even. And so, you know, sometimes I'll read their books as well. And sometimes I will just, you know, just again, just to kind of push myself, I'll hear about a topic and I'll be like, you know what, let me, let me read a book on that topic and just see what I can glean from it. Even if it's, you know, even if it's not, um, you know, directly in line with what I'm working on, but, you know, just, uh, you know, always, always trying to push, push something. And, you know, I, I try to read a diverse amount of news and, other things like that as well. And, you know, I'll hear something and just be curious about it as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, and can you tell us about someone who's had a significant impact on your life? Again, could be both either professionally or personally, it could be a mentor or a family member or anything that comes to mind. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, you know, I think my, my dad really inspired me to be an entrepreneur um, I think when I, when I was growing up, um, I thought it was normal to have, uh, uh, you know, family, my dad worked from home and, you know, this was back in the day, you know, worked from home and ran his own business, very, you know, small business at most, he had three employees. And so, you know, I, when I went to school, I, everybody else was talking about their parents got like two weeks of vacation and, you know, the talking about their, like parents having day jobs. And I was like, wow, that's really weird. And, you know, grow up, grow up to find out that it was actually, you know, the, that was the norm, not the, not the exception, but, you know, it always kind of stuck with me that I could kind of take my own path and, and do my own thing. And he did something very, very different than what I'm doing, but he was, uh, he was in sales and, and in the uh, manufacturing industry and, I've done very different things, but it always kind of just stuck with me that, yeah, you know, I can, I don't have to, I've had full-time jobs um, before, but it wasn't all, it did, it wasn't always a necessity that I have one. I knew I could always kind of strike out on my own and, and do something. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a great role model to have. Yeah. Yeah. Going down the slightly less conventional path. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And so, so switching gears a little bit now, um, can you tell us more about, like, let's talk a little bit more about the work that you do and the expertise that you provide. So can you tell us who would be your ideal client? Yeah, sure. And so, you know, to, to answer that a little background on just where I'm coming from. So I've, um, I've had kind of a diverse background as far as what I've done. So I, I started and ran a, a marketing digital marketing agency, Ran that for about 14 years. And then after, after selling that about four years ago, I got more into customer experience and then employee experience. And, you know, so I, I have a background in a lot of different things from, you know, sales and marketing to customer service to HR and, and all, all technology is kind of the, the through line through all of that. A good client for me is um, <clears throat> an organization that really kind of understands that the people and process part of things are often where things fail. 
Um, you can, there's great technology solutions out there. You can install the best software or use the best SaaS platform in the world. But if people and processes aren't aligned to that, it's not going to be successful. And so I've, I just, through my, through various experience, had a lot of, had a lot of um, wins and, and some lo- losses as far as um, implementing things and figuring out processes. And so yeah, a good client for me is, is one that isn't just looking for either a tactical solution or some very high level strategic, like I'm, I'm good at strategy, but I'm really good when it actually, when strategy is actually tied to how are we actually going to get this done? Who's going to do it? What's the process to, to involve with it? Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm curious, you mentioned uh, some memorable wins and losses. Were there any uh, significant learning experiences that, that stood out to you ever over the years that come to mind? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, running my own, uh, running the marketing agency. I mean, I learned a lot. Um, I got to say, you know, I got into, <clears throat> I got into. Um, it, it started out as a web design company back in the early two thousands, and you know, I got into it because I thought that I was going to get to do what I liked all day long and nothing else. And found out, well, no, you actually have to learn accounting and HR and project management and sales and, and all these other things. So, you know, throughout that, I, I just, I learned how critical the team and the team dynamic is. And I, you know, I got to say, I failed many times as a leader in put, you know, getting the right team together, keeping the right team together. But I learned so much from that, that, you know, I've been able to take forward and not only apply in, in, you know, to that company, as well as subsequent ones that I've been involved with, but also coaching other leaders on just how important it is to to keep teams together, and you know I think we're seeing that in the importance of that in you know everybody talking about the great resignation and and things like that right now. It's it's just it, it it's um, it was undervalued for many many years because I think um, employers just kind of took for granted that if they put a job listing out there, people are going to run run to it. And now I think it's we're, it's just kind of a different world we live in where it's not, you know, people are open to a lot of different ways of being employed. Yeah. And so and so for employers, like what what's a what other kind of misconceptions or or mistakes do you find that they often make when it comes to employee experience? Yeah, I mean, I think not paying enough attention to not listening enough is 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 a big, is a big one. Um, I think, you know, I'm a strong believer in, in diversity of all kinds. And I think, you know, not building teams with diversity in mind, and th- this could look in a, like a lot of different things. It's um, diversity of experience, diversity of culture, diversity of all, all manner of things just breeds better ideas. You know, I think, um, a lot of leaders and I, again, back in the day, I felt the same, this, this way that I'm about to describe is I wanted people in the room that would agree with me um, because I really just wanted, I thought I knew what I was doing. And, you know, I didn't consciously say this, but I, in retrospect, I realized that's what it was. Is like, I wanted a bunch of people that were going to say, yes, Greg, that's a great idea. And as time went on, I realized the value of people either pushing back disagreeing, offering alternative opinions. And, you know, that it sometimes looks messy and it's, there's conflict there, but now I crave that. Like I I crave, like, I don't want someone to just say, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I want someone to ask me questions to push back. And if we come to a decision together that it's a great idea, then that's great. But 
it's not about me owning an idea anymore. It's about coming to the best possible conclusion and, and, and path together. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I'm curious, like you, so you've mentioned that you, you, you ran the, 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 the agency and you've had quite a few roles. Like, how do you find that consulting compares to your agency work? Like, do you find pros or cons when you compare them? I'm curious what your perspective is on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the, the, the pros of, of consulting, I would say, you know, it's nice to just kind of, I mean, I have, I have teams that I work with or individuals that I'll bring into larger engagements, but consulting is really just me running the show. And there, the pro to that is control. And, you know, I get to decide exactly what I can turn down clients because I just either, I feel like I'm too busy or it's not a good fit. Um, <clears throat> the flip side to that is when you're running a company and you've got payroll, you sometimes take on work that is less than optimal because you just, I mean, you don't, I never wanted to fire or lay people off. So sometimes I took less than optimal projects or clients just because I knew I needed to, you know, keep people busy. And most of the time when I had this idea in the back of my head that uh, maybe this isn't optimal, I was right, but we took it anyway sometimes and because we needed the money. And, you know, sometimes that was the right call. Sometimes it was just a miserable experience for all, but, you know, that kind of pressure to, to make payroll is something that I don't miss right now. I'll probably at some point again in my career, you know, have a, have a team like that again, and that's fine, but it's definitely kind of a a load off. I, I mean, the thing that I miss about a team is, um, of employees is just that constant collaboration. Like right now I'll, I'll team with people and I'll have, collaboration on, you know, either with a client or from time to time. But, you know, when you're part of a team and you're there, whether it's physically in person or even remotely, and there's that constant or near constant interaction, like there's something with the right group of people. That's, that's a great, that's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I'm also curious, like, so, so you're on book eight by now. Um, yeah. I'm curious, where does the impetus for, for writing your next book come from and how many, how many more do you think you have left in you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't set out to write eight books or, uh, you know, even, you know, even more, or whatever may come down the pike. But so I really, I, I, um, learn by writing. So I, I look at it as a research project and, you know, in, in many cases or in, in almost all cases, I had some experience in the subject matter already. And so it wasn't like I was learning from scratch, but um, I, I'm inspired by the work that I do for clients. And so the same thing happens with, you know, I write some, I write for Forbes and, and a couple other publications as well. And, you know, a client will pose a problem and I'm like, man, do I, I have an, I have an immediate answer to that question, but do I really know, you know, like a real good answer to this question? And so I'll go and I'll, sometimes I'll just write an article based on a, a conversation that I have and a, a a problem where I feel like I didn't even give a great answer to it. And I'd like to have a better one. And so I, you know, think through it. And that's kind of what the books have been is, you know, I've looked at some challenges um, and have been tasked with solving those challenges. And in, in a few they were based on methodologies that I created, um, you know, through through some companies that I was working with, and others. I just I was like, man, I I'd like to think through that problem and solve it a little bit more. What you know, how would I tackle this um, this challenge? And you know, so the the customer experience ones in particular are the ones where I really felt like there was some methodology that really wasn't out there and and kind of 
put together already that people could use. And so, I, you know, I spent the time to kind of think that through and, and do research. And certainly, you know, in all the cases, there's plenty of existing research out there, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a learning experience for me. So I, you know, to answer the other part of your question, I don't know. I, I kind of write one a year. Um, that's my goal, like my challenge to myself and I've kept it up for a while. So we'll see, you know, uh, this year I already have, I know what I'm going to be writing. So I don't know about the the year after that. Maybe I'll give my, after 10, maybe I'll give myself a year off, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah I love that idea of, uh, just, you know, the, the process of writing, just crystallizing or helping you think through, through problems at the same time. Um, that's very effective. And, and so I'm curious so for someone thinking of, you know, starting their first book, is there, is there anything that you wish you'd known when you started off before you started, you know, writing your first one? Yeah. I mean, I, I have a process now of like, I know it's a lot of, I would say 20% of the work of writing the first two books. I would say the second one is where I really started figuring out that, okay, I need a, I need a better way of doing this. And so I started thinking through the process of the first one, Honestly, I, it was, uh, it's a, it's a long pamphlet, I would say. So it's, but it was, you know, it was a good experience to kind of go through that and, and think through that. The the second one is where I really started called the agile brand was where I really started thinking through the, the process of doing it. So, you know, I wish I would have thought a little bit more about that, that process piece of it, because it would have, it would have just accelerated things Um a lot, a lot more. And at the same time, I'm a very iterative kind of person. And so I don't know, I, I kind of need to do things, start things and iterate and, and evolve over time as well. So in that sense, I, I, the, even the first book being what it was, um, I think it was necessary in order for me to get to a better place, to a better place. And now I feel like I, I don't think about the process of writing. I just think about what I want to, you know, what I want to say basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Sort of taking your, your mind off the less important so that you can focus on, on what the core of the, the, the books are going to be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when you, when you don't have to think about the process, you can be more creative with mm. the, the solution. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Fantastic. So, um, so finally, as we wrap up here, here, Greg, uh, do you want to tell people where they can find out more about your work and obviously all, all the books? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So I'd love to connect with anybody that's interested. Uh, just LinkedIn, uh, just look for Greg Kilstrom. There's not very many of us. I think there's one other Greg Kilstrom out there in Sweden somewhere. So, but um, uh, so I'm very active there. I would go to gregkilstrom.com. That's my website. You can find out about the books and and consulting work as well. And, um, everything's there and that'll, that'll route you to the, you know, if you prefer to buy on Amazon or, or wherever there's links to everything. Fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and do you want to just also mention uh, a little bit about your podcast as well? I know you have. Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's called the agile brand with Greg Kilstrom, um, on all the major channels. And I talk with leaders about change, uh, you know, transformation and, and change in business. So it's kind of the audience is, you know, anybody interested in branding, marketing, customer experience, employee experience, just kind of all, all of those things that I've kind of touched over my career and just talk with leaders about how they manage change and, um, and, you know, lead teams and, and grow teams. Excellent. Great. So Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Great. Thanks so much. 
Thanks for tuning in. And if you're interested in learning more about what it takes to launch a podcast as a consultant, including everything from positioning strategy to how to monetize, be sure to check out our other show appropriately named Podcasting for Consultants. You can find that by searching on just about any podcast player or at the website podcastingforconsultants.net.